Well, howdy, y'all. Couple of things to remind you guys about. First off, as usual, keep taking care of the folks over at Cosmetic. Cosmetic is making high-quality topical hemp pain cream that will ease aches, pains, and inflammation. Each bottle of Cosmetic's hemp pain cream contains over 400 milligrams of their water-soluble CBD solution. Go to Cosmedicated.com, that's C-A-U-S-E, Medicated.com, and use promo code SOS20 to get 20% off of your entire order. Also, guys, the Knox Brew Hub is finally open. Zach Roscop's latest creation is here. Located at 421 Union Avenue in downtown Knoxville, Knox Brew Hub is the one-stop shop for everything craft beer in Knoxville. It's a bar. You can get six packs to go. It's awesome. Check it out. Also, Second Bell Music Festival's Monster Mash Drive-In is happening on Halloween night, October 31st, 2020 at Baker Creek Bottoms in Knoxville. A limited number of tickets are being sold, so be sure to get your vehicle pass early this week. Showtime is at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Cruz Contreras, our old buddy, will headline the music festival with songs from his new album, Cosmico. Check out the Second Bell Facebook page for more information and to buy your tickets. All right, let's do the show. Welcome in, guys. Southwest Scruffy Podcast here. My name is Ben Fields. I'm the host of this podcast. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. I've got Rusty Odom on the show today. Rusty is the creator of Blank News, the local independent newspaper here in town. And uh, Rusty has also created Blank Music Festival and the Second Bell Music Festival. This year's Second Bell Music Festival is taking the form of a drive-in, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we talked about that. And uh, I'm hoping to see some of you out there this weekend. Anybody you ask will tell you that uh, Rusty is an all-around fantastic and genuine dude. And I found the exact same to be true with my chat with him here on the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Rusty Odom. We're doing the podcast. Yeah, I was I was trying to put together all the press for this thing and trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to do? You know, what are the things I need to pay attention to? And when you hit me up, I was like, that's one of the ones I wanted to hit. Yeah, that's the right crowd. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash, that's yeah. That's going to be fun, dude. It should be. Have you been keeping an eye on the uh, on the uh, drive-in scene that people have been doing and all that? And just yeah. kind of taking the, taking the best of the best and ch- trying to incorporate it into what you got going next weekend? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, are we good? Are we are we yeah. going? Yeah, let's go. About let's let's go. It. Let's All right, I it. like it. So, um, yeah. So I was actually a part of uh, those driving things that happened up in uh, Pigeon Forge, like Sevierville. Oh, the Marcus King one. Yeah, yeah. I was at that one. You were there. Yeah, it was awesome. Man, wasn't that great? Yeah, it was so fun. So yeah, so that was the last one, and we kind of I felt like we were hitting our stride just as we were ending. You know, like we kind of figured out what was going to work. Yeah. And so, um, but that was Big Wheel Events, and that was Aaron Snuckles and Parker Frost, and they did a great job, man. I know Parker. Yeah. Yeah, because our production company, Pop Fizz, does some work with well, there uh, you Big go. Wheel. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Parker's a lot. I love him. He is. Yeah, I do too. I, I love him, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, was, I didn't know that was him. That, that, I didn't know they were in on that. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, that, that's cool. who did that. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, give him a hard time about being so good about it. You know? It was really great. It really was. So, you know, I was able to uh, to help those folks out with, uh, yeah, with all those. Uh, we did six shows up there. Okay. And um, Who all played? 
So let's see. We kicked it off with Smooth Sailor. That one went great. Love those guys. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. And then um, had Scott Miller and RB yeah, play. Nice. That one was great as well. Yeah. So we had a bunch of, like I said, we had six of them. And, um, but definitely we kicked, you know, the, the, the one that was my favorite, personal favorite, like scratched my itch from like what I'm trying to hear. Um, cause it's been a long time since we've heard live music, yeah, you know, yeah. the Marcus King show, man. That was really fun. It was great. It was yeah. great. And so everybody had that release of like, ah, oh, live music. Indeed. Hadn't seen it in months. Indeed. That was the one. So I think, um, you know, I learned a lot by working with those cats on that, learned about what exactly works and, and, you know, just how to tweak a couple of little things. You yeah. know what I mean? They had pretty much everything figured out logistically. Yeah. The way they sold tickets was great. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just really enjoyed, um, you know, this is a whole new ball game, man. The drive-in game? or yeah, just I the, mean, just like everything. But, yeah, yeah that's the, – yeah. the, the, How are we going to do live music? Because yeah. there's so many people displaced sure. by the pandemic, people that, that need to be working and are used to working and could, you know, play 100, 200 shows a year, and now it's crickets for them. That's it, man. Yeah, and they're, they're as hungry as anybody else trying to get out. Everybody from the artists – to the gig workers that you know set up the set up the you know soundboard absolutely and i'm so glad you mentioned that because that's a big part of you know snuckles we, we everybody calls aaron snuckles snuckles but like everybody that he was talking to he's like man i want to get these guys some work you know yeah. it's important that because they they've been hurt like the music industry's been hurt you know i got the paper and and i got yeah, other the things blank newspaper yeah blank yeah. news and so i got that and so i've got some other revenue streams so like the music thing's always been something on the side for me yeah and uh but man these guys they're hurting dude yeah. i talked to one of the guys um okay so when the paper kind of started like all right revenue share revenue's going down for advertising you know there's no doubt about when it when the pandemic so, started yeah, yeah like so I, I, w I wasn't able to print in, I think, let's see, what was it, April and May. So I printed in March. So, yeah, I missed a couple months, you know, this summer because it was like there's no revenue plus, you know, nobody was out. Like, right. Who's going to pick up the paper? Right. Because it's, cause it's, a, it's a newspaper that's, that's a, it's you tangible, know. you know. Yeah, it is. So You have an online presence too, right? Absolutely. And so the online thing was great. And I, actually, our, our online readership went up like, seven or eight hundred percent during the pandemic yeah and so that was great but also it's like the i didn't really have a good plan for revenue on that you know yeah. what i mean i didn't really know how to turn that into like that's like overnight like okay we got to switch our model you know yeah where where when you're when you're printing papers and people are picking them up because it's a free publication right sure, sure. people pick it up so it's all advertising driven and it's yeah. it's it's uh, apples to apples. You know, you get a page or a half page or whatever. Sure. It costs this much money. But when it comes into the internet space and a space that you've not really relied on in the sure. past, it it becomes a new game you got to play. It's so true, man. And so I was trying to like I was chasing my tail the whole time, and uh, I was like, man, you know, what what are we gonna do? And then I've always been able to use the music part of it to kind of supplement. Um, any shortcomings that we have with the paper. So like promoting gigs or promoting yeah, yeah, like festivals? Festivals, like yeah. Second so, Bell? Yeah, exactly. Like Second Bell. So it started with Blank Fest way back in the day. And that was at... Uh, that was in Market Square. Yeah, so you did a bunch of bars on Market Square, yeah, right? And yeah. did like a festival in all the different... And programmed a bunch of different bars. Yeah, that's it. So I was working with Bernadette and Scott West over there. They got me started in this crazy mess. And... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm so grateful to him, you yeah. know. It's like it's it's a wild thing to get into, but I'm so grateful because, you know, here we are, but but that was a supplemental kind of thing. It was. And so I just, you know, we were covering a lot of bands and um just kind of spreading the good news about, you know, if they had a new album or a new single right. or something, we'd talk about it. And then, so you had relationships with bands too, right? That's it. And yeah. so <clears throat> excuse me. So basically, we were like, why don't we just put everybody together uh on one day? Because everybody always says, oh, the Knoxville music scene is so great. But uh, a lot of the people that I would talk to, because I was coaching football out in West Knoxville at yeah. the point, and they were like, all these uh, players, uh, their, their parents would be like, hey, you're always talking about the music scene, but you know, how do we even, they were kind of intimidated. Like, yeah. how do we go about enjoying this? Right. I was like, what if I just put everybody together on one day? <laughs> you just came and saw it all. <laughs> and just, just come see it, and then you decide your favorite band, and then you can go support them on the weekends or whatever, you yeah. know? So that was the idea, and then uh, so we did Blank Fest on Market Square. I think the first one, man, when was it? 2014 or 15, and then I remember uh, it was like, <laughs> it was like, man, two or three weeks before, and we still didn't have a headliner, and it was going to be on <laughs> Market Square, like on the Market Square stage. And then Scott told me we it was like a WDB. I think it was like Bob Dylan birthday bash or something. WDBX was putting together, and. Uh, it, just like in passing, Scott was like, oh, by the way, I booked Moon Taxi to headline your thing. Scott West did? Yeah. And, and then it was like, yeah. And so, and then he just like continued with his conversation. He, I was like, he, he booked a band for you to headline your festival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because that was the thing. He was like, he was going to book the headline and I was going to book everybody else, you know? <laughs> okay. And so, but it was like, we were so nervous, you know, like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? You know, it's so close. And then, so he said that and I was like. Wait, what? It's like he he continued to like have his conversation. He was having with somebody. Else. He like it was a, an aside. Yeah. You know? he like, just kind of like, dropped it and then yeah, kept like, doing his yeah, thing. Yeah, and I was like, wait, 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 what? So, dude, I thought I heard you just say you booked Moon Taxi yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to headline Plank Fest. I know, and so and that was the first th- like, dude, like what? And so, uh, like three weeks later, man, seventy five hundred people show up. That's awesome. I know, and so I owe him, you know, everything in yeah. terms of that. So, it was just really fun, and it was also like it kind of gave me this weird, I was like, oh man, this is how it is. You know, you just book a band and then 7,500 people show up. Build it, they will come. Yeah. yeah. That's a good thing about Moon Taxi. They've got a following. Dude. Yeah. And that's like, there's very few, what I learned is that is not how it goes most of the time. Really? Yeah, man. Like that was the perfect band at the perfect moment. He got a good price on them. Um, it just everybody won. They won. Yeah. You know, they they had a great crowd. They still every time I see those guys at a festival, they're like, man, hell yeah, thank you. Yeah, you know? Wes Bailey, the keyboard player for him, has been on the show. Dude, I love that guy. Yeah, he's a great dude. Love that dude. Yeah, they they've got a good following here because of him. I think in a lot of ways, people want to support them. But also, they were coming here before they were big too. It's very I true. Mean, they they were playing Patrick Sullivan's, mm-hmm. you know, to nobody or to you know, not nobody, but well, 30, sure. 40, 50 people for a long time and built up a, a pretty good solid following here in town that went with them when they, you yeah. know, started that upward trajectory. Sure. When they pop, man, everybody was ready. Yeah. They they were uh people were on top of the geyser when it exploded, you know. Oh, absolutely, man. For those guys. I just love it. You know, I love following bands like that. That that's one of my favorite things, you know. I, ever since then and like coming into like what we're doing now, like um one of my favorite things over the years has been kind of getting a band on the way, you know? Yeah. Like like before they pop. And it's not like at first I thought like is this an ego thing for me? Like I want to be like the dude who played the best music at the party or whatever. Right. But I think more than that it's like I just really appreciate uh 
seeing and identifying a lot of talent and then putting it out in front of somebody and then uh, everybody kind of enjoying it together. And then when they pop, you're like, heck yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's great for everybody. So it, it, it seems like there's like two kind of schools of thought there. There's the shotgun method where you get behind everybody sure. and then you shoot the gun and, you know, you, you enough buckshot out there, somebody's going to land. Or you do a, a good job on the front end of really identifying the ones sure. who, who are going to go and 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 being smart about about who you book and 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 trying to you know find some opportunity there that that may not be to the naked eye right right maybe well yeah I think you know and I like both approaches I like the buckshot approach too as long as you're like making sure you're booking people that deserve it you know and I know that sounds that might sound a little bit crass but you know, people who are who are really trying. Yeah, I I really try to pay attention to those people. You know. Tell you. So, but yeah, I mean, if you can do a little bit of both, I think you're you got a recipe for success. I think so for sure. Well, well what was the so the blank thing happened? You said fourteen or fifteen. Mm -hmm. How long did you do that for? Okay, so we did Blank Fest on Market Square for three years. So and the stage was the headliner. Yeah. So it was. Yeah. So the let's see. And so then the you had first year was Moon Taxi headlining. And then it was the, the whole thing with it was never really about the headliner, to be honest. So it was all about celebrating the local music scene. And we also always had a comedy and improv and burlesque stage as Ooh, well. That's fun too. So the first year we had it at Latitude 35. Yeah. If you remember that. And then, yeah, the old grotto room absolutely. downstairs. And, yeah. And then we moved that over to Coco Moon for years two and three. Um, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, it was great, dude. They had a great back room. I wonder what's what's the deal with that back room. Is I don't know. Bit, I bet it's still back. Is there. Cook, what's what's in that space? I'm not now? sure. I'm not either. I'm not sure. I, I hate to say that, but I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, man. I you know we it was always about celebrating the entire entertainment scene, hmm. and um, like just hyper local. You know, we brought in a couple bands from out of town. I think first year we had one band from Memphis and. Just some buddies of mine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was always about celebrating the entertainment scene. And so I remember, let's see, I think it was year two, um, I had made friends with this guy named Ken Coomer, who was the original drummer for Wilco. Yeah. He was the drummer for Uncle Tupelo. And uh, he came and played with a guy named Cody Brooks. And I was like, hey, man, uh, stick around and see what we got, you know, because he had a good ear for, yeah. for talent stuff. So. I remember him really liking William Wilde, that band, and then Guy Marshall. He really liked them. Mm. And he was trying to I listened to both of them today. There you go. Yeah. How about that, man? Yeah. yeah. See, so but that was those were the ones that stuck out stood out to him. He's in Nashville. He's a producer now. And he was uh I think he ended up trying to work with both of them. So really? I think he, he worked with he worked with Black Cadillacs on some stuff. They were there that year as yeah. well. So um They still around? You know what they're I mean, they're still around. They're um Man, I've been trying to get them back together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so You're we'll the guy. see. I don't know, man. I try to be, you know? I try to be like, you know, Coachella always has that cool, like, reunion act every year. Yeah. And so I was trying to borrow that from from Second Bell. Like, I was like, let's get a reunion oh, act yeah. every year. Let's, so last year we had Lil Iffy. This year we got King Super. Yeah. So maybe next year it'll be Black Cadillacs. I'm going to have to talk them into it, man. Okay. I like it. Yeah. I've been trying to get uh, – I've been – Trying to get Adam and Serena from uh, yeah. Guy Marshall in here. Oh, they'd be great to to do, to, to do something because they're they're a great great outfit, man. And uh, you know, talk about them, William Wilde too. That Absolutely. dude, 
Garrett's killing it. Yeah. That stuff is really good. It is, man. You know, it's so funny. I heard I was at Downtown West. Um, one of the perks of the newspaper is I was able to kind of go watch movies at down, Regal Downtown West. Yeah. Um, for, you know, just covering for the paper. Yeah. So if I covered it, I'd get it going oh, for yeah. free. Do yeah. a review. Yeah. And yeah. so, I, dude, I was watching this movie. I can't remember who was in it. I think Jeremy Renner was the lead. It was like a big Hollywood movie. And the credits roll, and it's a William Wilde song. Really? Yeah, and I called Garrett immediately. I'm like, dude, can you believe this? He's like, yeah, man, it's, it's kind of cool, I guess, you know? Yeah. I was like, dude, shut up. Like, come on, man, you freak out cool with me. Stuff. Yeah, freak out with me. Really and so his, I mean, he's got Spotify playlist. I mean, Spotify, like, listens. Yeah, he got playlisted on, on, on Spotify. And, and for good reason, man. Absolutely. That stuff is strong. And a lot of people around here, I mean, I, I, I feel like, William Wilde in particular, a, a lot of people outside of town know about him probably mm. a lot more than people here in town, it's true. you know, because he wasn't a pilot light act sure. for, you know, a, a journeyman pilot light act, right. like right. a lot of others that we see, just see for years and years and years. He sure. kind of, you know, stepped over that a little bit, I'll well, say, and just get kind of nationally recognized a little bit sooner yeah. without, without having a, a good solid, like uh local, you know, following. You know what I think he did? I think he, uh, like, because I, I asked him about that. I asked Garrett about that. And he was, I think he did some stuff out west and, like, some private stuff. or gotcha. like some. I don't know how he skipped, but, like, he skipped, you're right, he skipped kind of the, uh, I mean, he played Pilot Light. And he, I've seen him in Pilot Light. I've seen him in Pub and, and, and Scruffy. You know, but he was able to, uh, I don't know, man, he just kind of leapfrogged it in, in some peculiar way and good for him yeah and also he loves playing those places too yeah so, you know absolutely this, you, but you're exactly right he was he's able he was able to get out of here uh a little bit quicker than most people have yeah yeah uh I, i've been texting with him for a couple months about coming on the show yeah um t- to have garrett in because yeah i think it'd be a good one but uh he's yeah west coast he's been he's been i think in oregon and california the uh for a little bit recording and doing some other stuff playing with some is that right out there yeah it's great to hear man yeah it is good to hear dude i saw him at uh i'd written a story about him and i was delivering newspapers i think it was what's it, it's like nukes in turkey yeah. creek yeah and i just happened to drop some papers off he goes rusty and i was like what's up and so he's like hey is, is, that, is that newspaper i was like yeah dude there's a i think there's a story in here about you and so oh, cool it was just so funny yeah to uh he's just so unassuming man just a normal yeah. dude i love it yeah i like when people stay that way me too man. you know me too so how did the how did the newspaper and all that and all that start you clearly got your hand in a lot of different things with you know both the print stuff but also the 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 music uh, you know the festivals and all that yeah. uh but did you do the metropolis thing or did you do did you work for any of those guys the mercury metropolis or anything like that you know it's crazy so um I was actually my first writing gig, and I'm actually I'm here for the debate. Is this the word? It's on outside. It's on and outside. My wife's watching it inside okay. too. You yeah. know what? We're probably it's probably good that we're not watching. I it. think so too. <laughs> it's so interesting that they're muting the microphones tonight. Yeah, we'll uh, dude, that's probably goes. a good idea. Yeah, I that's... wish they could have muted the whole thing last <laughs> time. <laughs> no kidding, man. No kidding. So yeah, uh, so here's how it started, man. So. And this is just for everybody that's listening. This is so cool. This is the most comfortable atmosphere that I could imagine <laughs> for something like this. Everything's super pro, man. It sounds great. It looks great. It feels great. Thanks, dude. Yeah, you got Bonnie. Yeah, the so, dog. Can, can I ask you? And I'll answer. I'll answer your question. But can can you tell? Have you talked about Bonnie on this I, thing? I may have about how how we found her. You know Josh Manis? 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I love Josh Manners. Yeah. So he he was he was here I don't know, a few weeks ago. Okay. But uh his his uncle his uncle Brian uh and his cousin Liam uh were doing art installations at Bonnaroo one year and Josh okay. couldn't go. Josh was the one that helped him do the art installations and Josh couldn't go. So they asked me to go just because I knew him. I worked sure. with like him out in the, the campgrounds? Yeah, like, yeah out in the campgrounds. Yeah. And uh and we, uh, I went in Josh's place and, uh, we came home. It was, you know, late night, one night after the shows and, uh, this little dog was running around. Somebody turned her into the lost and found. And so it was like, all right, let's just take care of this dog for the next few days. If nobody takes her, I'll, I'll take her home on Monday. And that was, you know, whatever, 2010, 2011. How about that, man? Yeah. She's been around ever since. She's been the best terrible dog ever. I you know, you. my, my first, my first dog. And she's, uh, oh, man. yeah, my first just me dog. And she's, uh, definitely been, uh, been fun. And also, you know, you know, oh man, of course, challenge. of course, of course, of course. <laughs> hey man, that's a Bonnaroo dog. You, you find a to... dog at a music festival, yeah. you can't expect it. You know, nobody drops off a purebred, you know, Bernese Mountain dog at Bonnaroo. <laughs> yeah, how in the world? Like, man, if she could talk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, how, she's how seen some she... shit, man. Oh man, Bonnaroo dog, <laughs> and she's a blue part blue tick hound too. Oh, so I, I felt like it was good. You know, a little Tennessee dude. lean to her. That's money in the bank. <laughs> it dude. is. I had to do it. She's great. I just met her. She's great. So yeah. it's Bonnie, I guess, named after. Yeah, somebody walked up to me one night and was like, "You know, if you take her home, you got to name her Bonnie." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, you're, you're yeah, yeah. I guess you're right." I mean, I wish I would have figured that out on my own. Yeah. I probably would have, but <laughs> so, yeah, probably you're right. Would, yeah, but you're right. But you're right. You gonna name her something else? <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, so, uh, man, I was writing for this paper called the Smoky Mountain Herald, Seymour Herald. Oh yeah. Um, uh, back, man, I was probably like twenty-one. I'm like. 30 let's see i'm 37 now okay so i think i was 21 when i first got that job so man the cliff notes version of this is so i was at a i went to an ice bears game my sister had uh my sister's my favorite human being ever hello gloria um she had uh season tickets to the ice bears games the hockey team yeah and so i went outside and i was like man i was out of cigarettes i went with my homeboy rasta and uh, I went out there to bum a cigarette. So I bummed a cigarette off this dude. Uh, and uh, he had like a, man, it was like a Marlboro Light 1000, dude. <laughs> it was like the th- longest cigarette, dude. I've never even seen one since that was that long. But uh, so we start chopping it up. And he's like, man, you kind of you kind of know your sports and stuff. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm a nerd when it comes to it. And I looked down, he had a press pass on his neck. Uh-huh. I was like, what's, you know, what's the deal with that? How you get that? He's like, ah, oh, man, I write for this paper. Up in Seymour. I was like, oh, cool. Get me a job, dude. Like, you know, nothing. Yeah, just joking. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, just bummed a Marlboro 1 million off of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, dude, his name is Ryan Rodeo. When my, like, he changed my life. So, uh, dude, he he got my number, you know, just never thought anything about it. Uh, left there. Probably went and had a drink, you know. Didn't yeah. think dude, he calls me like five, six months later. So, hey, you still interested in this? I was like, I'm sorry, who is this again? I'm so sorry. You know, this is really intriguing, but I'm sorry, who is this again? And we we talked it through, and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, 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 please, please. So uh, he's like, you got to come in here and win over my editor, though. And so I went in there. <laughs> Man. So I went in there, and I, I sat down, and it was, it was this dude named jo- Joe Carl and Michelle Carl, like a husband and wife duo, and – uh they were like, all right, what kind of experience do you have? I was like, none. It's like, all right, did you go to college? I was like, yeah, I flunked out and like really quickly. I'm like, okay, uh, 
thank you very much. You know, I was like, I can write a mean love letter though. Like trying to be funny, yeah, you know, yeah. dude, I was like 21, 22, you know, right. I was, didn't know what was going on. I mean, it was a miracle you showed up at that dude, age. That's true. That's true. That's true. And so, yeah, I think I was late, you know? So, but <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah. So I, man, it was like, uh, they, they was like, uh, thank you for coming. They stood up, shook my hand. I was like, oh man, dang. That's, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just felt like something, something was different. And so I stood up, shook their hand. I walked out, got about halfway down the hall. And I was like, man, it's baseball season. It's baseball season. So I walked back in, stuck my head around the corner and said, Hey, why don't you let me go cover this high school baseball game tonight? And if you like it, give me a job. If not, no hard feelings. And then Joe, I remember Joe looked at Michelle. I was like, man, can you believe this guy? Like, let's get rid of it. He's like, fine. I thought he was gone yeah. already. He's like, fine. He's like, come in here and get a camera uh, before the before you go and then interview the coach afterwards. I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And I was like, wait, I got to take pictures. I got to talk to the coach. Like, hold on. What, like, what did I just do, you know, for $25 a story? Yeah. And so – Man, I so I ended up doing all that. I get to the I get to the game, and I I kid you not, <coughs> the uh, the pitcher his name was uh, his name was Tyler Cannon. His dad was Wayne Cannon. It was a Pigeon Forge high school high school football or baseball game. I'll never forget this. The kid threw like he had like a one hitter, and he hit a grand slam. <laughs> it's like the easiest thing to write about in the history of the world. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so then, so, and his dad's the coach. So I'm so nervous, man, being, I'm so nervous, like after the game, just to interview this high school, you know, gym coach. Yeah. Because I just, I'd never done it before. And I was like, so intimidated. I was impressed with the way they played and, you know, playing sports growing up is just meant a lot to me. And man, I'm trying to work up the courage to go up and talk to this dude. And I start walking towards him, and he gets on a lawnmower to mow the the, the coach did. Yeah, he gets yeah. on a mower to like mow, the, and he had seen me like loitering. Yeah, and he was like, like waiting to turn the mower on. Yeah. He's like, man, this kid ain't ever gonna come over here. <laughs> so as soon as I start walking over there, he had put his head down, and turned it on. I go up and walk up to him, and he looks at me. He's like, really, <laughs> really? I just turned it on, man. I was waiting on you this whole time. So he turns it off. You know, and I asked him a couple of questions. I said, I was like, Hey, how do you feel like this win sets you up for the off season? He goes, Off season? We won. You mean the postseason? And I was like, it like he called me out and it was like the it just calmed me down. It was like, yeah. All right, I made a mistake. First thing I ever said was bad, it was wrong. Yeah. Everything's gonna be smooth from here on out. Yeah. And it has been pretty smooth since then. Hadn't asked a question that so, bad since. Nah, probably not. <laughs> probably not, literally. And then uh so yeah, it was uh it was a it was a lesson, and it took me about five hours to write five hundred words for twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks, and uh, I gave it to them. They put it on the front page of the sports section. Gave That's me a job. Great, man. yeah. Gave you a job right away. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But I mean, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful to the Carls, man, for that. Is that how you got got in there though? Was writing was your was your yeah. passion? Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, I didn't know. I was a mess. You know, yeah. I didn't know. Um, I had funked out of college. Um, I'd basically gotten kicked out of high school. Um, Seymour? Nah, I, I, I went to Carter. You went to Carter, okay. Yeah, so I went to Carter and got caught forging like time for time slips. What's that? It's like detention. Mm. So like if you miss more than, 
I think seven or eight classes. Then uh, you got to make up. You got to make them up, and yeah. I got a I got a hold of a stack of them and just forged yeah. the teacher signatures yeah. on. So You're a bad boy. Out. A little bit. I mean, I was, man. I'm trying. I'm all cleaned up now. Yeah. I'm cleaned up. Can't you tell, man? Yeah, yeah I can. <laughs> so, but yeah. So I was, yeah, I was a little bit of a mess, but, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't take too much of it back. But I think, you know, <laughs> I think, I mean, this, man, this place is really nice. You like it? Yeah, man. I love it. So, but yeah, I, man. I think that the main thing about my journey with getting started was, is like, whenever I realized I had something like, let's go. You just did it. Let's go. You got it. Yeah. And it's like, Put okay. Put a hundred percent into yeah, it. I just ran straight towards yeah. it. Uh, I mean, gave it everything I had. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very, very blessed and fortunate to, to be able to just be open enough to let the universe put something in front of me that sure. worked for me. You know what I mean? I'm very, I'm very blessed. Well, I've been watching what you've been doing for a while now, obviously. And I, I just, it's amazing to me what you've done and the thing you built, you know, it, it's a brand, but you know, just some, some guy who's writing about high school sports doesn't, doesn't really, you know, that, that doesn't take you straight there. Like there's gotta be something that, mm -hmm. that really makes you, makes you do it, makes you get after it to the point where you create your own publication i mean that's a big deal man well i'm so glad you mentioned that so okay so i started with the herald uh chris so Ro Ro rodeo ryan rodeo was a guy that got me in yeah and then he kind of he kind of started doing his own thing like he, he got a different job but you know frankly paid a lot better than yeah. than i mean journalism is not you ain't gonna get rich on this stuff so, gotta have a staff job or something like that yeah, or even yeah, then it's yeah kind of tough mean, yeah it is i mean and honestly I mean, I don't know. I think it might come back one day. So that's a, that's a different subject for something else maybe. But like, I think journalism is going to be really important and probably uh, very well paid maybe in the next like 10 to 15 years. But we'll see. People love to hear the truth. Well, I mean, yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> or be able to discern the truth. Well, I think there's going to be, I mean, it's just supply and demand, man. You know, CDs gonna come back. You know, records are back. <laughs> yeah, tapes are gonna true. be back. You know what yeah. I mean? So journalism is gonna be back eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. but to answer your question, so rodeo, uh, he kind of he kind of left out, and then this dude Chris Silcox, man, he changed my life too. There was three people uh, that really really did it. And so Silcox came in, he kind of taught me how to write. He was like an, gotcha. a, a proper editor. Mm. So I was like winging it on some love letter stuff, turning that into like how to write about. You were kind of stream of consciousness, yeah. put it down, and he was he was he was putting the punctuation in. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. Making he, making a story out of it. So he taught me how to write. He told me AP style, and just told me how to be professional with yeah. it. Like if you're gonna take this serious, because he could kind of see it in me. Um, and so that was that was really important. And then Kevin Mackey, man, he's the dude. He was the designer for the paper and um did all the graphic design? Yeah, he did all the graphic design. He and Lori did. Is that like an illustrator kind of stuff or mm -hmm. yeah. Putting the ads in there and you know the banner, yeah. the header, all that kind of stuff. That's it. That's it. So Kevin Mackey is the the reason why I'm sitting here in front of this microphone to be honest. And so <clears throat> and it kind of chokes me up, but so if you go to okay, let me let me put let me organize these thoughts. Do it. So, 
Kevin had this paper called the Open Vibe, and it was like a local onion. Can we cuss on here or no? Oh yeah. Okay, so it was like a shits and giggles newspaper. You know, okay. What's it's like that? a it's like a local version of the Onion. Okay. And it would come out like, like man. Like a satire paper? Yeah, yeah. But it was like funny as hell, yeah. you know. And so um, it was great. So he would print it like three times a year. But one time, man, he messed up because he let me, like I got to go cover Bonnaroo for the open vibe, man. And I got in for free. And I'd been paying, you know, for five or six years. Three or four hundred dollars a yeah, ticket. Yeah. And so I've been paying. I was like, oh my gosh, I can get into Bonnaroo for free. Hold up. You know, this is even cooler than I thought. And um, so I go cover it. And this is uh, 2007. So okay. it was like the police and Tool yeah. and Flaming Lips that year. It's a good year. Mm, one of the best, I feel like. And so, yeah, me too. Yeah. And so, um, man, it's like, you know, Bonnaroo happens in early June, what well, did. And then it's late July. I'm like, hey, dude, let's print this up because I want to go uh, cover it again next year, you know. So you'd um, done it, but still not printed the story. Correct, for it? correct. Okay. In the vibe, yeah, because he was just like, man, he wouldn't, he wouldn't really sell ads for it. Mm. He wouldn't really. It was just kind of he printed just it slow first. play. Yeah, he just kind of printed it whenever he could. Yeah, and so uh, and looking back on it, it's like, man, I get it, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so it was like, man, it was like August, and I'm like, dude. I'm never going to get to go cover Bonnaroo for free anymore if you don't print it. We got in this big fight, man, just this knockdown, drag out fight. And he was, he was like, man, start your own damn paper. And I was like, you know what? I will. <laughs> this was August of 2007. And he lived in North Knoxville. And I lived in South Knox. And, man, I walked all the way home. It took me like two hours to get home. <laughs> I, I was, I was Why'd not. Why'd you a, walk home? Just to prove a point. Okay. <laughs> Just to prove a point. Like, I don't need anybody for anything. You know what I mean? Oh, man. And like I said, so 2007, it would have been, you know, I'd have been like, fuck, was that 13? Yeah. No, I don't know, man. I, I was young. You know, yeah. I was like dumb, young and dumb enough to walk home, yeah. you know, two hours just to prove a point. But uh, so, man, he called me the next day. He goes, hey, did you make it home? I said, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> he goes, you want some help building that newspaper? I was like, I would love it. So he, dude, he taught me how to do everything. The he design side, yeah, the printing he side. He walked me through it, everything. He helped me. He designed the first probably year and a half, two years of the paper. Really? Until, and dude, I was not easy to work with. Dude. It was, I would <laughs> show up, I would show up at his house and it would be me and my girlfriend. We'd show up and it would be, oh. I feel so bad about this. We, it would, I would show up, and he had a day job, and I would show up, and it would be like he'd be working until like three or four in the morning on my thing because really? I wouldn't be ready, you know. Yeah. I, would, I would like be editing stories last second. He'd be doing your stuff on the side. Oh man, yeah. And so, but he taught me how to do it. Taught me how to do it. Taught me how to do it. And then eventually, I was able to go out take and do the it on reins my own. yourself. Yeah, and it's, it was just like he's the. Oh my gosh! So it was a, an after work garage project. Kind absolutely. Of deal. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was, dude, he just, he gave me, you know, he gave me life in a way that I never even imagined for myself. And dude, he saw it like he saw it before I did. He's mm -hmm. like, this is, this is what you can do. And people need people like that in their lives. You know what I mean? People need. Pass something on to. Oh man. Yeah. And also people need people that, uh, that can like see something in them that that person might not even see in themselves. I feel you. And dude, unfortunately, he passed away, man. Oh bummer, man. I know. So, but Sorry. here's but here's the, here's the great thing about that, 
Well, there's nothing great about that, but here's here's the thing. So I'm a big, firm believer in finding ways for people to live forever. So like <laughs> the first year we did uh, a second bell, he was in the hospital, and I was like, dude, I'm going to do something for you at this festival, but you're going to see it. He goes, well, I mean, that'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, you know, I'd love that. And um, so, man, it got down to it. He didn't make it. But he didn't live he, to the he festival. Did, he didn't live to the festival. So, oh, but man, I'm sorry. Not, I mean, it's part of it. Uh, but I was like, the whole time, I was like, all right, we're going to do two stages, two stages. The you know the, the one of the stages is going to be called the blank stage. Hmm. You know. Yeah. So what's the other one going to be called? So I was like, man, 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 what's going to be called? So like, oh, the Mackey stage. Yeah. And so to this day. Uh, the the it's the blank stage and the Mackey stage. I love it. And what's great about this year, coming full circle, is we've only got one stage this year. Okay. And it's not going to be the uh, blank stage. It's going to be the Mackey stage. It's going to be the Mackey stage. I love it, man. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Uh, it's Sutry's Landing again? So this is going to be at Baker Creek Bottoms. What is that? I don't know what so, Baker Creek Bottoms is. Well, I know where Baker Creek is. They did yeah. the pump track, and it's like right where – um, isn't it where like South Oil Middle School is kind of around that area? It is. So if you know where Sono Taco is, yeah, it's just right past there. So okay. I can't remember. I think it's severe, the old Severe Heights Baptist Church. Mm. Um, so there's a huge parking lot there, like a, a triangular parking lot there. It's right there. It's like the gate to the urban wilderness. Okay. So it's a really cool spot. Um, yeah, it's going to be great, man. And so, and so this this monster mash is is second bell for this year. It is, yeah. Okay, gotcha. It's like the de facto. So because and, and man, it's your flagship festival for it the is, year. It is. Okay, gotcha. Is, yeah. Well, that's that's big to know. I mean, it's good to good to know that this is the that you're shooting your shot. This, is, this the is the one we got. This is the one, man. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. What's the lineup? Okay, so we got Temp Job, which is a I just love them with all my heart. Um, just so many fun musicians on stage. It's like seven, eight, nine, ten. Really? 30 people on stage. Yeah. Um, got some brass, got some female fronted stuff. I love it, man. Yeah. So that's going to be really fun. Um, happy to see them. And then we got King Super and the Excellence reunited, mm. which they haven't played in years, man. And it's uh, been a while. When was the last time those guys? It's a great question. Probably, it's probably been three or four years, man. Really? I bet so. Yeah. So it's Sam Quinn and Dave Bowers and Scuba Steve. And man, there's, I just I'm really looking forward to you that. You got to be geeking out over it, dude. It's I kind of am. Yeah, you should am. be. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> I kind of am, man. So Steve and I, Scuba Steve and I, the drummer, he's we've been talking about that for a long time, man. Just trying to put it together logistically and and seeing you know what made sense. Did that take some convincing among the other members of the band? That's a great question. Um, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Like, but you I, didn't have to do it. I didn't have. But I mean, I kind of, you know, Scuba Steve was on the, the scuba, on the job. Scuba's on it, man. <laughs> scuba's on it. So, but I mean, I think that, I, I, I yeah, I'd say it probably did. <laughs> I would say it probably did. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just so tickled to death that they were that they're willing to, like you said, shoot their shot with uh, something that I put together. Man, I'm so grateful for things like that. I, I do not take that lightly yeah. you know what i mean that's that's cool if they if they want to bring it back with us so who else and then we got cruz Contreras uh closing it down of the black lilies obviously so the black lilies are kind of done for a little while um you know it's funny well i'll come back to that but so yeah it's going to be a great um 
like he's, he's got an all-star band kind of thing. It's got, he's got Bobby Dix and Dave Egger. Cruz and, does. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to be playing his, uh, new album for the first time live in Knoxville. Cosmico. This thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cruz was in here not too long ago. Okay. A couple months ago, man. Have you heard any of that? Yeah. I've heard, I think, so I think I've heard a lot of it because, because so I've good. shot, I've shot some other stuff for Cruz. We've been keeping in touch a little bit. I'm actually, he's playing a little warm up show at uh fanatic mm-hmm. this Sunday. I'm going to mm-hmm. be over there for that. There you go. Checking it out. Uh, but, the album's good, man. Cruz got it going on. I know it's so good, man. And it sounds like I remember I I, I went to his spot and, and and heard the first track. I was like, dude, this sounds like War on Drugs, man. This is so good. Like, yeah. it's it's so it's it's very him, but it's also like a new direction. I think yeah. people are gonna dig it. You know? Yeah, I think you know, not to get too far off on a tangent yeah. about Cruz, but he's like he's still finding some new footing, you know, and and coming up with some with some new stuff that's him. Agreed. Because he's he's you know the Black Lilies was a band, sure, and he was of course the front man for it, uh, and and wrote a lot of the songs. But this is Cruz, man. The the new is. stuff he's got coming out is is him, and it's it's all him, and it's great, man. And he's surrounded himself with some really good uh, talent to to make it happen too. I'm excited. I'm, I'm I'm excited to see Dave Egger this weekend. I guess this episode will have already aired by the time. That that I've seen that, but like that, there's yeah. some there's some good stuff happening in that camp, dude. You're not kidding, man. I'm so excited, man. They got a cool string uh, arrangement that they're gonna do for the. Is Billy coming? Do you know? Ah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, I don't know. We'll see. It it <laughs> his brother. It, it it just depends. It just depends. You know, it, who knows? Who yeah. knows? But I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it would be great. That'd be great. Yeah. And then we're closing it down with like a silent disco, man. Is is that with uh with with Garrett? It sure is. is yeah, it? Garrett and Kent. Yeah, yeah, born and raised. Born and raised. They've been on here too. Born and raised. Yeah, dude, good I love dudes. those cats. Yeah, they're good, man. We t- I, I talked to them a little bit about you too because you know you know hadn't I mean we met before but yeah. I didn't really know a lot about you and yeah. and I told them that you know that you guys were kind of in the same boat for yeah. me like you're doing the same kind of stuff and, yeah. and 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 creating the same kinds of experiences for music lovers and, man we're and, trying yeah it, but the, it takes it man those guys are great man so they've done a really good job of uh, and I was texting back and forth with Kent earlier. Um, and Garrett too, but yeah, we're just man, we're all we're all in it together, you yeah. know. That's the thing. That's what I love about what we got going on, man. That's the thing, man. We're yeah. all in it together. Yeah. So, what's the story with the with the Monster Mash? It's a it's a drive-in, right? It is. Okay, and then you pay per car. Do you pay per person, or yeah. how's that work? So yeah, you pay per vehicle, and I've got a lot of questions about this, and understandably so. To be honest, it's a new concept. Um, so basically you get a vehicle pass, right? So you pay a hundred dollars for GA. Okay. Yeah. What does that look like? Okay. You can get four people in your car. Well, that's $25 a person. That's great. For a music festival. That's great. You know, and there hasn't been a music festival since March, as far as I know, in Knoxville. Yeah. So that's, I feel like it's a pretty good deal. Hell um, yeah, it's a good deal. So then you get six people. It's like, what was that? $17 a person? Yeah. So, you know, maximum of, of you know, six people. So if you get two people in your car, it's 50 bucks a head. All right, that's just a not bit bad more, either. That, that's not bad, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd come solo. I know. You know, for a hundred bucks and get to stand outside my car and do listen to the best of the best. That's it. And so 
VIP is not much different. So honestly, man, I think VIP we probably should have done more, charged yeah. more for it. Our, but I'm, but I'm glad that we didn't because I want it to be accessible for everybody. So yeah. are people buying VIP passes? They are. We've yeah. sold more VIP than GA to be honest. Really? Yeah. It's because it's underpriced, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. That's how you know. Well, I mean, but that's you know what I'm saying. That's okay. Yeah. I just want people to have fine. a good time. We're learning here. We are. I mean, yeah. this is a brand new world. Yeah. What's VIP get you ahead of? Uh, yeah, so, just better better seat. Well, you're closer. Mm-hmm. You get in an hour earlier, mm. which is a big deal. Because, um, you know, it's just going to help with traffic. Yeah. And then you get private bathrooms. Oh, that's cool. Which is a big deal in a pandemic. Yeah. And then the person who buys the uh, ticket, whoever, pur- whoever clicks, you know, purchase, they get a free hoodie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we're doing hoodies instead of T-shirts because, you know, it's the season. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, it's gonna be so fun, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to. Well, I can't wait to go. So, what's the what's the beer sales like? Okay, so we're gonna. That's a because great that matters. To people. It does. It does. It does. And so, you know, the thing about these drive-in shows is like, man, a lot of people are like, oh, I was bringing my own. That's really not safe, man. It's like if people people get too drunk, yeah, drive, I mean, drive it, out of your property. Well, well you don't really want to sell somebody alcohol when they're sitting behind their driver's seat, right? Yeah. And you also don't want people bringing in their own stuff, not knowing how much they've drank yeah. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a dangerous situation. Yep. But the reality is people might bring in their own stuff. It's not allowed. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We're not allowing it. Yeah. We're probably not going to go crazy. Yeah. As far as policing it, but just, I mean, but, we're going to check, Yeah, but we're not going to be like, it's not going to be like Bonnaroo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was like people waiting 13 hours in line and stuff. Yeah. Instead, we're hoping that people will just give us a little bit of respect because you can support the support the festival further by by supporting the vendors who are providing. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so um, I get it that people are probably going to be, you know, enticed to to do that. But like, I, I just hope that they don't because. Yeah. Um, the margins on these things are so slim, man. Yeah. It's anyway, like, I mean, and, and that's with the drive-in thing for me too, something that's always, it's since I've seen it coming out, it's always been one of the things I've wondered about is like bar sales was a big deal. Like you would book, you know, widespread panic for free for break even at sure. the, at the Tennessee theater, right. just to, to get a, a $30,000 bar out of them. You know what I mean? You're exactly right, man. It's, it's a big deal. It is. A big and, part of it. And, and as people, and you know, as as it becomes a BYOB thing, it becomes a little tougher for promoters to, you know, take the risk. So true. And I was talking to my homeboy uh, that used to work for AC. He's out in California now. He's working for Insomniac. And he was he's dude. He's been very big help. He had made me this badass map that I'm going to share probably tomorrow of the festival. Yeah, that like shows oh, cool. exactly where everybody's parked and yeah. color coded. It's beautiful. Yeah. But he was like. He was telling me how, like, they're being pretty in California. Everybody's really into it, really into it. Like the they, drive-in thing. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like they're ahead of us. Yeah, and that's well, great. they're twenty years ahead of us anyway. Well, that's true. You know. So, but they're like, man, they're like I think the front row is like four hundred, and the or the front section is four hundred per car dollars. Yeah, yeah. Per, per vehicle. Yeah, and then the next section is three hundred, and the back section is two hundred. At was, these in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're selling out like crazy. I'm sure. 
you know, he's, people I mean, are rabid. Yeah. They yeah, also yeah. make twice as much money. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. And so, but I mean, his margins are tiny too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, it's so funny because he was like there, I was asking about, you know, the alcohol thing, like how you deal with that? How do you, how do you be respectful and make sure everybody's having a good time? Cause you don't want to ruin anybody's time when they get in line and you want to, you know, you want people to have yeah, fun. You don't want to harsh mellow right off the That's bat. That's it. It's yeah. yes, exactly. You don't want harsh to mellow. So he's like, man, you know, it's worked out because, People have been doing the right thing for the most part. I, I, you know, I just, I got hope. I got hope in the human spirit that people are going going to help us out with this. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, and we're not going to be gouging, you know, it's not going to be $3,000 for a beer. It's yeah. going to be normal. Yeah. It's going to be normal. Yeah. So. And that walking around thing, standing in line also becomes like a little bit of a, a touchy subject for people too. Like they would yeah. rather just hang out by their car. It's true. So that's why we're delivering beer on golf carts. No way. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, man. So we're going to have, yeah, I finalized that today. So I got two golf cart, two utility, big utility golf carts. They're going to be like mobile bars. That's perfect. Yeah. And so we're going to have like a bar set up beside the stage that nobody can get to. Um, it's going to be basically a service bar. And then we'll take that. And uh, that'll be like home base. And then we'll have walkie talkies and, and yeah. like, hey, so there'll be uh, like two teams of two. We might have three teams of two. So there'll be one person taking the money, one person doing the the, the, the alcohol stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it won't be the same person doing both. Yeah. Um, so they'll be roaming through the crowd. If you want to order something, you put your cone on top of the car. We see oh. it. We come. We roll down. Say, That's what brilliant. Would you like? Oh, it's going to be dark, though. You need something that flashes. Dude, it's a full blue moon. Is it? Full blue moon. Yeah. So I was looking Got at Got some it. electroluminescent lighting Dude, on that thing. I know. Put I know, it on top of the car. So what we're going to do, that's actually a great point. So we'll probably put a little bit of uh, reflector. Yeah, tape, tape on top so so, so your tape. servers can see it. There you go. That's, yeah. a, that's a good idea. So, all right. So, all right, Ben, you're in. You're uh, I'm, in. I'm, I'm your, <laughs> I, I mean, dude, I, I, I am your uh, guest, you know. I, I love it. Yeah, I, I am your it. archetypal guest, I promise you. <laughs> So, but yeah, I think that's, it's going to be fun, man. Um, How long is it going? Uh, okay. So if you're a GA, you get in at five, music okay. starts at six. Okay. And then the, the sound disco will start like a little bit after nine. Okay. So, so the musical will go for three hours or so? Yeah. Yeah. About, yeah. About three. One stage? Three and a half hours. Yeah. One stage. The Mackie stage. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love man. it, dude. You got to gotta give it up for your boy. You'd have to, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, got, man, I hope somebody does that, something like that for me. You know what I mean? I hope I'm that cool one day. They will. <laughs> man, I hope so. Well, with like the, I know I've had a couple guys on who have, have worked for you at the paper and, and contributed to the paper and all that. And uh, you're obviously doing a huge service for our community both from a consumer standpoint, somebody who can pick up your paper, look at it, figure out what the hell's going on, also get some good stories about mm -hmm. what's going on, some deeper stuff. Yeah. Uh, but what I don't know what you've done for some of these, you know, other freelance guys like like Will and and Bill Foster and you know all that. Their stuff is great, and you know they they I don't know. I mean, I think you're giving people. You're giving people that I want to hear from, you're giving them a platform to put their stuff out there, and I want to read it. Well, I really like the way you said that, because it has more to do with them than it does me. But I like the fact that you said that 
it just so happens that I'm giving them a place, giving somebody a place that you want to hear from. Because yeah. it has very little to do with me. You know what I mean? Those guys are way more talented. Like all, almost everybody that's, I, I, you know what, I'll venture to say everybody that works with the paper is probably far more talented than I am. I'm just the one that's crazy enough to put this whole thing together. That's the spot you want to be there. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not a whole lot of pressure, you know, like, <laughs> oh, just everybody. Oh, yeah. I just on, provide the it. infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Send it in. Make me look good, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, yeah, everybody's way more talented than I am. But, you know, I'm just, you know, thank you for saying that. But the thing is. At a certain point, it was like, all right. So I remember when Metropolis went down, I was like, oh, man. I didn't want that to happen. You know, I love the Metropolis. No, me too. I also didn't want to be the only paper in town. Um, you are, though, right? I, I mean, I don't know. But so but I remember when the Mercury came up, I was like, all right, cool, cool. You know what I mean? I hope it works. Like, me too. Let me, let me, because they do stuff. We don't do politics, man. We don't do politics. You don't? Nah, never have. Not once in yeah. 13 years. Why just, not? Because. Because it divides people right off the bat. I mean, I just, I feel like, well, first of all, Metropolis is doing, uh, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They were doing a good job with uh, covering things that need to be tackled. And then, you know, when they went down, I considered it for a second, man. But it's like, I don't, I'm not capable of doing this. Do I what know do you mean, you, gearing up to that size of paper? No, just like, well, yeah, that, but also like the politics angle. Like, I can't personally tackle this stuff. I'm not good at it. I don't, mm. my brain doesn't, I can't be as analytical as I need to be. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to write about something if I have a bias about it. You yeah, know, I feel you. One way or the other. Yeah. So. Wish everybody was like that. Man, I don't know. I feel like you're supposed to. Like, I'm not a journalist. But I know that, for heaven's sakes. So. It sounded like you kind of backed your way into being a journalist at <laughs> some point, you know? Well, I mean, I wish. I mean, I don't know. Maybe everybody needs to go this way. <laughs> and then they wouldn't be so, I don't know, man. But, you know, so then whenever we, so then Mercury popped back up and I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Cause After Metropulse went down. Yeah. So so what so what happened there? All right. So Metropulse was with uh Scripps. Was was with Scripps. Well, it was solo forever and it was brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. And then it got bought? It did. Okay. By yeah. a by a huge Sure. Yeah. Publisher? Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's what so happens. What I don't know. That's what happens though. They um, see something good, they buy it up. And then when when it comes time to trim the fat, kill it. Yeah, that's what happened. It doesn't right? make any sense to me. And it was making like I don't know if it was making a ton of money, but I don't. I mean, I don't think they were. I don't think that's like. I think it's like okay, can I have two yachts or one yacht from the person who made that decision? I don't know, man. It just didn't make any sense to me that they would trim that kind of. Metropulse was service. was so important to me as, and this was before cell phones. Yeah, this was before you know I could go sit at a bar and wait on my buddy to meet me and pull up my phone and start you know mindlessly scrolling. I sat down, I picked up the Metropulse, and I read it for thirty minutes while I was waiting on what was going on or you know yeah. waiting for my buddy to show up or whatever, and. And it just, it, once the whole print thing kind of started to go away, it felt like the writing was a little bit on the wall for the Metro Pulse, but it was so sad because it was such an important publication, I felt like, for the kind of person that that I was, which is sure. somebody who wants to know about what's going on locally, uh, but also wants to hear about it from informed people. And it it 
it felt awful when it went away. Dude, and you're not God kidding. bless the Mercury for trying to to pick up the baton. I know. And go. I know. And it's, you know, I've had a lot of people like, why don't you do what they do? Man, I can't hold a candle. I'm just going to say it. Blank cannot hold a candle to what Metropoles was. I mean, we do things differently. We do. And I'm sa- I'm not saying we don't have the talent like Steve Wiles. You have the same people, Wayne right? Bledsoe. Or a lot of the same talent. We got a few, but like yeah. Wayne Bledsoe and Steve Wildsmith, they don't get any better than that Agreed. in terms of writing. But like, I don't know, man. It's just a di- it was a different vibe. It was it, like what they created was like blank wouldn't be around without Metropoles, and neither would a lot of things that we'll never even know about. But like I've just never, I never really compared myself to them because I knew I could never whoop them. You know, you don't I, like when I was raised. Like if you can't whoop somebody, then don't mess with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't pick that fight. Yeah, don't pick yeah. that fight. Yeah. And so I was like, well, let me do something different. But man, it was so important, and I would love. Man, I swear, I think something like that could come back. But it, I think you're doing a better job than you think you are about providing that 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 uh, insertion into the vacuum. Yeah. You know, it it they they left, and and I think it kind of pulled some people your way a little bit as far as having that. Well, what's interesting, local paper. I appreciate you saying that, but what's interesting is like we were always kind of chugging along, like we were doing really well. We didn't really do that much better when they went down. Really? Yeah, not really. Hmm. Um, we were always like surprises me. Yeah, I mean, we did, you know, notice a little something, but it was, it was almost like at that point, it's like, why hadn't y'all been paying attention to us this whole time? Yeah, because I, I, dude, I still to this day, we we just had a 13 year anniversary in August, and uh, I still get people this day like, oh, is this like the new Metropoles? I'm like, uh, <laughs> we were around for the first seven years, like this, we were around for seven years, and Metropoles was still going, really. So I kind of get a little, you know, kind of a little raw about that every now and then. I feel you. But, I, and I'm you sorry know, to compare you. I, I don't, don't mean, be, I don't don't mean be. to. No, no, no. I'm I'm grateful that you do it because actually I need to, like, I, I've never really talked about it. So the thing is, is that, like, I just, I was so grateful for them because of the way they handle their stuff, their level of professionalism how seriously they handled it and then my editor now man the the editor matt rankin he was like a devout metropolis reader really oh man and he was just like basically i feel like all we want to do is make the people who uh made the metropolis we just want to make them proud you know good that's that like i feel like that's that's a noble that's a noble endeavor i think Yeah, and we're not, you know, even if we're not doing exactly the same kind of content, like we're taking it very, very seriously, and yeah. that's grown over the years. Like I was a puppy when I first started; I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. But nowadays, thirteen years in, yeah, man, we're just trying to make them proud. Did you ever read the L.A. Weekly? Yeah, that was that was the that was the paper when I lived out there. That was the one I gravitated. Okay, towards, you okay. know, I mean, could have gone with any other. Sure, you know, one, but that was the one. Well, you that's know? a fun one too. It's great. Yeah, it's great, and and. I've always felt like you kind of had that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've, little, I've read blank and I've felt yeah. that same vibe, you know, and, right I, and, on, and it I'll feels that. and it makes you feel like you're in it. It makes you feel like, you know, what's going on. That's it makes good. you feel like you got your finger on the pulse. That's great, man. That's great to hear. And that's what, you know, it's so hard when you're in it, when you're like, cause like, so a lot of my friends growing up, like they don't read the damn paper. Cause they like, I'm silly ass rusty is joking around with them in the dugout in seventh <laughs> yeah, grade. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they don't, but then they see like, 
it's so weird because like they they might even listen to this podcast and be like, oh man, he's on a podcast. Like, he's big time now. You know what I mean? It's so weird. But then that will make them go and read the paper and then sure. they'll read the paper and they'll be like, whoa, like there's some talented people involved in this. You know, I learned something or uh, it expanded the way I think about something or uh, I'm more proud of my hometown now. You know, that's that's yeah. the cool stuff. Yeah. That's the cool stuff. It is. And I think there's another part of it, which is keeping people informed. Mm -hmm. And even on just a calendar, kind of, you know, that's a big part of it, too. It really just is. letting them know what's coming up really and is. letting them know what's doing, what's what's really happening. Because, you know, some people really put a lot of weight in that is as far as to, you know, what they want to do next weekend is what got written about or, mm -hmm. or what's, you know, what's on the what's. What does blank recommend I do next sure. weekend? You know, so there's a little bit of responsibility, I guess, that goes along with that too. Yeah, I'll take that responsibility all day for sure. Um, yeah, and so like, and so Compass has come along and done such a great job picking up. What's Compass? Compass is Compass Knox. So it's what is it? I think it's CompassKnox.com. So they've kind of taken over uh, that metropole space that we're missing. Oh. So the calendar is going to be like, boy, when it comes back, when people start yeah, when there's to, stuff on the calendar, be, it's about to be nasty. Really we'll hit it hard. Yeah, we Good. got plans. Yeah. And so in Kent from, you know, from born and raised yeah. in Knoxville Music Warehouse, he was kind of in charge of our calendar for the last couple of years. OK, so we worked together on that. But man, when it comes back, we are going to be we're going to hit the ground running really hard on that. Uh, but like Compass is taking, they've done such a good job with taking the, I think the technically they cover, uh, what are they, what is it called? It's, uh, government and politics and education, business, stuff like that. Like kind of, yeah. kind of serious stuff, if well, you it's, will. But it's, it's like real journalism. It is. It's stuff that everybody is looking for a place to get information about and feels like it's in so many different places out there That's true. that if you leave them up to finding it that stuff by themselves they might not listen to the most reliable sources along the way so true it, it's an aggregator right it's an it's an aggregator of yeah. of correct information that's it and they've got the best man they got the best local like voting coverage i'm sorry like the election stuff so like if you want to go and like see who which candidate thinks what or whatever. Mm -hmm. Dude, they got a great, great piece on that. I, I think that is important now in an election year when people are when people are going out to to vote. You know, a, a lot of states have a booklet they send you every year. Is that right? Yeah, they do. Before you, uh, especially the mail in voting states, okay. states that only do mail in or absentee voting okay. kind of stuff, they they send you a booklet and say here study up about the candidates. Huh. Here's what the candidates feel. But otherwise you're left to your own devices to go out there mm. and and find it on your own. And and that's huh. kind of a minefield for misinformation, sure. right? Oh, you know? Oh, so man. when you have the kinds of spaces like that where you can get reliable kind of stuff, people who care about journalism, yeah. people who uh, about integrity, people who are going to lose their jobs if they say something wrong. There you go. You know what I mean? That's go. the problem. And it is. God, well, that's so well said. Uh, so say that again. So people are going to lose their jobs if they get it wrong, right? Yeah. Which is where? What, where did that go? I know. Like that's wait. That's to me. That just sounds like a job. Yes. <laughs> like any job. Yes. If you, if you mess it up, you get fired. Right. You have to make a hundred every time with your job, dude. And there's people like I don't want to get one side or the other, but like there was there was a lawsuit that happened the other day to where somebody was like, uh, 
they were like accused of of like false information and then their own attorneys were like no nah, this is complete make believe so that was the, the like you you can dismiss this like that was their own and this is a huge one of the i think it's probably the biggest the most televised or the most watched uh show on cable television mm-hmm. and his own attorneys to get him out of these this lawsuit or whatever said no this he doesn't really believe this this is just entertainment yeah, like, that's a bit of a cop out. I was like, I mean, what? There's that delineation. He should of lose like, his job if he's exactly. lying. Yeah, either this is satire, or right. you're really saying yeah. what you is believe. Is this Borat or is it news? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Where are you on that continuum? It's binary for me. You know, are you are, are you making shit up right. or, to get clicks, or are you really telling the truth? Oh man. Yeah, is it? Yeah, goodness. It's, yeah, if you're not good at your job, you should get fired. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. Or if you're if you're spreading mistruths, you know. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah. If you're with blat- bias, yeah. If you're blatantly putting injecting poison into society, mm-hmm. golly, you worse than get fired probably. So I don't know, man. Don't give no, me that. No, it's 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 the job description now, man. It really is. So, it's but, advertising dollars. It's clicks, dude. It's, it's so true. And so that's why that's what's so funny about all this. So that's why I love something like Compass, which it's subscription based. Okay. And dude, I'll subscribe to that thing, even if they write something I disagree with. I respect it so much. Uh, I will I will give them my money, man, because they're working hard. They're trying so hard to be like legit, real deal journalists, like. In the traditional sense, and I swear that's going to come back. It's come like real journalism is going to come back. I agree with you because it, I th- I think people are so tired of having to discern the truth themselves. They want something, somebody mm-hmm. they can trust. They want somebody who they know is going to give them the real talk, mm-hmm. and is not going to just make it up to get them to move this way or that. You know, it's it's got to happen. I don't I don't disagree with you at all on that. I think you're right. Well, I think young people are too hip to it. I mean, they're, they're like they're not going to fall for it. They're not going to fall for. They're not going to fall for. Uh, like those kids I coach football, man, mm-hmm. they ain't having it. I'm telling you. What do you mean? So they're just they're a lot slicker than we were. So kids are basically the same. Everybody's like, oh, millennials, and you know, whatever. After millennials, like, oh, they're wimps, zennials, zennials. <laughs> yeah, they're dude. Kids are the same. Yeah, they're the same as far as I can tell. Um. So, but the only thing that where they're different is they're slick, man. What do you mean they're slick? They're clever. Like they, they're, they grew up in, so like the kids, when I, so I coached for nine years. At first, the kids, when I coached, they were like completely, they were like on their phones constantly. Yeah. But they were still like, they want to play outside and stuff. It's just like us. Like I played video games and stuff, you know? Yeah. So a little bit of both. Nowadays, those kids, like last year was my last year. Uh, coaching, yeah, they don't really mess with their phones too much. Like I'm sure they do, that's, but not that's like good. yeah, they that's don't. Good to know. It's kind of leveled out, and they're that's also great. they're they're like so over informed that they're. It seems to me like, anyways, that they get it. That they're like, I need to chill out. I can't listen to everything because mm-hmm. I won't know anything mm-hmm. if I do. And that was so like the last couple of years. I was like, wow. This is great to see kids who have so much shit thrown at them. Well, dude, I every single day. I needed it because I'm I'm in the same like they're the ones teaching me like I'm getting so much information. I don't know what to believe. 
they're the ones who are telling me like, man, I don't even pay attention to any of it because it's, it's like they're absorbing a little bit, little bits yeah. of it, but like I don't really pay attention to any of it just so I can kind of figure out my own thing. Yeah. I was like, what? Seventh grader tell me that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really encouraging, right? It is good. It's really encouraging. Well, because every generation has always thought that the generation before them was full of shit mm-hmm. and that they were lazy and it's you know just what? kind that's of the it. way it's, it's always gone. Holy cow, that's it. It's nice to see you like appreciate what you see, you know, and say – there's some merit to this. There's yeah. a little bit of course correction going on. <laughs> you know? Thank goodness, man. But I swear, I think they're the ones who are going to be like, all right. And they're so familiar with it. Like, they don't know anything else other than the internet. They didn't live in a world without it. They've been living in a world where they have to have a heightened bullshit filter mm-hmm. all day, every day. That it's part of who they are. Yeah. And, man, that's kind of that's probably going to come in handy. It really, I'd say so. I wish I had it. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. It's going to come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. All right. What have we missed? I don't know, man. This have, has been great. Has it? Yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Let's see. What have we missed? I, man, let's, like, what do you got going on? What's what's up with you these days? How, how are you handling month uh 3000 of the of the Rana, of the pandemic man, yeah, man the it's pan- it's it's going all right you know we've been fortunate to be able to kind of keep plugging along with yeah. the film and tv stuff like yeah. we've had to adapt a little bit with our practices and processes you know sure temperature taking masks right. covid tests all day every day just yeah. trying to get people back to work um so the you know the film and tv business has to stay around right i mean it's every time you look at your phone you know there's content blasting all over the place so we're that's a good point you know we we have to keep working in order to keep the machine rolling so people have engineered ways to to have us do that and we're doing it safely and and i think we're doing it well we're not quite you know we're not back at all to Mm -hmm. where we were before as as far as um i think efficiency is concerned uh but we are, um, we're we're gearing back up, and we're doing, we're we're get we're getting as close to normal as as we can with the new with the new kind of parameters that we're having to work inside. What of. do you think, man? When is it going to be? I mean, obviously nobody knows, but like, what is there light at the end of the tunnel in terms of getting back to normal or getting back to like a semblance of normal to where it kind of seems like that's cool? Uh, I I don't think it. I don't think it matters if it ever gets back to normal because I think that we've just kind of started along a new path that that okay. leads us somewhere in a bit of a different direction. We just have to use different tools and and behave a little bit differently okay. um, to and to to be enabled to create the way that we created before. Okay. So that's that's kind of where I'm at on it. Okay. Um, and, and the bigger it gets, the harder it gets. So movie sets, yeah. you know, I've, I've heard about movies shooting overseas going and, and, and they're spending, you know, millions of dollars just on rapid testing just every single day, mm-hmm. you know, before you even get to set foot mm-hmm. in the studio, you know? Yeah. And, and so we're on a bit of a smaller scale with what we're doing and, and, you know, the content that we're creating. So um, we're, we're, we're still, we're being just as careful you know, we're just we're just have we're we're not having to jump through as big of gotcha. hoops as we are, and then so that's the work side, uh, the 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 family side. You know, yeah. that's about the same ish. Yeah. You know, everybody's adapted. Sure. You know, and 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 home life is very much kind of a uh, I'd say 
it's a, it's a let's let's keep moving on and let's let's keep seeing what this thing you know where this thing goes because we're we're all having to find a you know a, a new kind of way of a new normal is way too cliche but well, you know a you. new way of doing things that, yeah. that is that is still us you know yeah yeah it's you gotta like still be you well it's not just the work thing it's not just the friend thing it's not just the family thing yeah. like all those things have changed yeah. they're all different now yeah. and they're going to be different in two years when we're you know past it air yeah. quotes you know yeah. and and so i think we're all just kind of in a uh a bit of a transitional yeah. you know period that in a couple of years you know it's going to look a lot different than it did five years ago you know and what? that's okay yeah and I, I completely agree with you and it is okay and it's kind of you know we're going to look back on 2020 it's going to be I think there's going to be some really, really cool moments. I think it'll be, I think we're going to remember it. So how do we choose to remember it? You know, I Mm -hmm. think it's, I think the social thing has been super important. I don't know that the social thing happens without the Rona, man. What do you mean? I don't, I don't know if, if this, like I've talked to so many people who are so completely engaged in, uh, examining the way they think about like race and, and, and just like the way that people uh, treat one another and, and the way that, you know, privilege and just kind of self-examination. I don't know that any of this happens if everybody. Without the with, pandemic. With, yeah. I think. What the, do you think? Oh, I think that you're right, but I also think that you compound it with an election year. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a, a lot of growing that happens and a lot of introspection across a lot of different places that compounds, you know, it's, we're going through one thing while we're going through probably, you know, one of, one of the most divisive times Mm -hmm. in our lifetimes, Mm -hmm. if not the most divisive Mm -hmm. times, you know, in American history, politics in particular. And so I think that we may look back at them as one in the same, but I don't think that is fair because I think that they both have had very real impacts at the same time that had they happened at different times, you would notice them a lot more. That's interesting. I like, you know, you, you, you could be very right on that. Um, yeah, that's see, I like that because that makes me open up my brain in a way because I kind of got comfortable with thinking that one narrative that I created for myself, like, the, you the know, coronavirus. Well, just the, the fact that one, has made I don't know man I'm just so like eternally optimistic I was like all right let's get something good to come out of the yeah. Rona thing so like maybe the fact that we were all uh maybe a little um like uh, like not distracted made us when 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 something really poignant happened like I mean this this has been going on for a long time but the George Floyd thing I think really turned it, it really flipped a switch mm. you know um and and so I guess, I don't know, I guess I was just trying to figure out some way to pull something positive out of this mess that we're in. And so I guess I kind of combined the two. But I I hear what you're saying in terms of had they been separate, they still would have stood on their own, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, and and I think if you, you know, if you mentioned the George Floyd thing, there's probably a lot, I, I think a lot of merit to, you know, if if people weren't as stifled already mm-hmm. would a reaction been as big 
from everybody else yeah. from both from both sides you know if if we were all going to work and grinding every single day would we even notice something like that you know well, what I mean, I mean we haven't been noticing it this whole time it's yeah. been happening you know but i hear you loud and clear though i do i just so uh, going back to like the the to your your side of business like what you do for a living I, I was, I'm a big fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Do you ever watch the show? No, I haven't, but I've heard good things oh, about man, it's it. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So it's a it's a cop show. It's mm-hmm. a it's a like a comedy cop show. But I saw last night that they were uh, they they kind of they were gonna do season. It was kind of like a Family Guy thing where it got canceled, and then the fans are like, "You're all crazy!" And then yeah. they brought it back. That so, was crazy when that happened with Family Guy, right? Uh, yeah, DVD absolutely. sales went through the roof, and then they were like, "Oh, we got we got to bring this cash cow back." That's it. Two so, years later, yeah. So Fox killed Brooklyn Nine Nine, and then NBC brought it back, and then so man, they were that you know they were talking about they were the the eight I think it's the eighth season supposed to debut this fall, and they kind of put the car they, they it's like let's wait because we can't we have to be really careful about doing a cop show right mm. now responsibly yeah, yeah because a, a you know i mean even the police are on one side or the other now if you support the police you support trump if you if you don't support the police you support biden like it's a it's this whole thing that is not real sure there's it's no not reason, real there's no and, reason and that true, that yeah. should ever ever come into it know, you know i know that's so, the divisiveness and so they're really and like i just man i, I just I, I would love to i would love for them to figure it out to where they can do something that that uh is really good for everybody because it's a comedy but they've always done brooklyn 99 always done a really good job of bringing some uh bigger issues to the forefront and then doing it via comedy which i think is always the best way to do something well, I mean, it, it, it lets people laugh and then make a decision after that, you, you know, go. and decide which, which where they fall there you go. on something. But, yeah, man, I, dude, I'm telling you, I've loved this so much. This has been great. This so glad great. you came by, man. Yeah. I, I, I damn glad you came by. <laughs> I really am. I appreciate it a lot, and I could sit here and talk to you for about three more hours. I know it. I know it. We better get because, uh, I mean, I've got – I think i got a DraftKings lineup I need to check in on, man. <laughs> I think I went with Boston Scott tonight in the flex. Who's that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You're going to check your cell phone to realize you've won $37,000 when we walk if, out of the if shop. If I do, we're all going to Disney World. I love it. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming by, Rusty. Hey, thank you for having me. It's been great. a lot. Well, how about that, guys? How'd we do? We do all right. Man, Rusty is an awesome dude. I'm so glad to sit down in earnest and talk to him. I met him before, but that was the first time we've really gotten to have a long chat, and it was really awesome. Thank you guys for continuing to support the podcast. Thanks for listening to the show at Southwest Scruffy on Instagram. If you want to give us a follow, southwestscruffy.com is the hub where you can find everything about the podcast, including our Patreon page, which I really encourage you guys to check out. That's a fun space to be. And uh, send me an email, southwestscruffy at gmail.com. And uh, you guys take care. Be good. Talk to you soon. Matt Honkinen, play me out.